Hi, we're Brianne, Nicole, and Camille, and we're your instructors for the Support Night School podcast. We created this podcast to help people get into online customer support. Today's episode is about tools that we use to do support. Okay, in the last episode, we talked about applying and landing a job. We now want to talk about the tools you should be familiar with to do that job once you land it. Nicole's going to talk about customer communication tools. I'll go into personal professional tools to help keep you on top of your work. And Camille will discuss team or company communication tools. Nicole, take it away. Thanks, Brianne. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about customer communications and the channels that we use to, uh, to talk to our customers and, and what those look like. So it's important to understand that what a customer channel is or communication channel when we refer to these. Customers will reach out to us in a few different ways depending on the organization that you're at. Some common options you'll have seen or used yourself are email, chat, and phone. So help desk systems help us manage those conversations with customers. You might see that referred to, those conversations referred to as conversations. It might be called tickets or cases. Some factors that go into determining what tool you might see used at an organization is the volume of support that they're handling, the scale, that's needed at that organization, and also the complexity of the support that's being provided. Perhaps you're just being asked about a purchase order and need to look up you know, some tracking information, or it could be a lot more technical and that might change what tools are being used. So these vary widely from organization to organization, and you could be helping a local small business provide support, and maybe they are just using a shared email inbox on a free Gmail account and they don't have a ticketing system. Uh, They might also be responding directly in Facebook Messenger to provide support. As those organizations get bigger, you'll find them using more and more enterprise style tools. In those tools, you'll see more integrations, integrating chat, phone, and social into that one help desk system so that you have less tools to be using and you're really aggregating all of those communication channels into one place. So a great example of this is how in Zendesk, you can make phone calls from within Zendesk. You can forward all of your Facebook messages and Twitter messages into Zendesk. And that way you're managing one queue. You'll also see more developed features like categories and tagging, automation for where those conversations are routed. If you have a really large team, perhaps you have some subject matter experts and you want all conversations about a particular category to go to that team. And then you have everything in between. So at a medium-sized organization, you might find them using some of these larger tools that are more dedicated help desks. And then you also have products like Zapier that are made to integrate some of these tools together if you aren't using them all from one provider in the first place. You'll also find from help desk to help desk that some offer different features natively, meaning that company has specifically built that feature for that platform. It's all built by the same company and they are tightly 
integrated. They're, they're one product. And then you'll also see third-party features and apps that are tools. You know, it, it's basically an easy way for you to integrate those things into, into Zendesk or Help Scout or Intercom. And so you'll often hear those referred to as an app marketplace. And some of these help desks have more robust marketplaces than others, and, and that means it gives you more options and more customization to your organization and the workflows that you develop for interacting with your customers. So who are the players in this space? Well, we have companies like Zendesk and Freshdesk that have set out to provide a comprehensive solution for all of your omni-channel needs meaning they aim to seamlessly provide or integrate all or most of your customer channels in one place. Moreover, they now offer products to help other teams like sales and success, among others. Their platforms offer ways to consolidate things like contact forms and social messages from places like Facebook and Twitter, chat widgets, phone calls, and more. On the other hand, there are help desks that either offer a more targeted support solution like Help Scout or offer a help desk product in addition to other products. Companies like Intercom, Atlassian, and HubSpot are great examples of well-adopted products that include options and products for support teams. Then you have some standalone services. A good example of that is Olark. They provide chat widget and uh, chat solutions. So they offer a way to embed that chat widget into your own website if you've created that, or you can also integrate them with other systems and help desks so all of your conversations route to the help desk that you're already in. When it comes to things like documentation that your customers will be looking at for self-serve solutions, again, you have companies like Zendesk, Freshdesk, and Help Scout who are offering knowledge-based products within their platform. You also have the ability to use standalone products like Document 360. They offer a way to build both internal and external documentation, so a knowledge base for your customers to use, but also internal documentation for your team. We'll link to more examples in the show notes, but when you need to reach out to a company for support, I want to challenge you to start thinking about what channel are you using? Think about what you like about the experience and also what might make it even better. With so many tools and notifications, it's important to find what works for you and develop your own workflow to manage these things on a day-to-day -day basis. Brian, I know this is a topic that really interests you. Can you tell us what you've learned about your own workflow needs and offer some advice for others? Yeah, sure, Nicole, thanks. Developing a workflow that works for you is so important and saves you time and energy. Uh, there are a ton of tools out there that claim to help keep you organized. Google Calendar, there's project management tools like Asana or Trello, Wonderlist, Evernote. If you haven't heard of some of these, don't worry, because we're going to dip our toes in right now. Let me start by saying that a few months ago, I gave a presentation at work for a Let's Talk About It series called Fast Brain, Executive Dysfunction and Productivity. Uh, we'll upload it to the site when the episode goes up. Uh, I have ADHD. It's also called Fast Brain, 
For me, it means that my brain is constantly on. I liken my brain to a spider web. I'm always the person in the room who realizes the project we're working on is actually connected to two other systems and we need to bring in stakeholders from another team to ensure that we're thinking things through correctly. I'm always thinking about things that are layers deeper than what I may be talking about at any particular time, which sometimes manifests as not knowing what to say because I have about 10 starting points and I can't find the right one. Uh, it's also a disorder of your executive functioning skills, which includes planning, focusing, remembering, or multitasking. Anyone who's worked with me may not think I have issues with any of those and actually excel at them, but I can tell you it takes a lot of intentional work to make it appear that way, and some days are way better than others. Um, I try to look at it as a positive. If you are the person in the room who thinks the way you do and you're the only one, you can bring to the table what others can't. You become a valuable contributor to any project you're on because you've taken the time to develop a workflow that works for you. You can see the future coming and help the project avoid pitfalls in advance. So let's talk about my generalized toolkit. Anything that falls into over-preparing, process development, documentation, inducing flow, or technology might be a part of my toolkit. If you've listened to the last episode, episode two, when I was talking about interviewing, I got pretty detailed and nerdy <laughs> with some of my recommendations. Um, they were based largely on over-preparing documentation and technology. Process development or thinking through things that are repeatable and writing them down for easy reference allows your brain to focus more on other things than trying to remember all the steps in a particular process. I am a huge proponent of documentation uh, as anyone who's worked with me can attest to, all of these can be used by anyone to keep on top of their job or their personal lives. Um, but inducing flow is specific to ADHD. There are audio mixes on YouTube, uh, if you search for ADHD focus music, that are really helpful for getting out of the eye-flittering, frantic stage of your day and into a calm, measured state uh, when you're, you know, quote unquote, in it and getting stuff done, using your brain the way a more neurotypical person might when they're focused. So let's uh, focus on the ones that are applicable to everyone. Last episode showed you what over-preparing looks like. Process development and documentation are going to be specific to your team, your job function, and yourself. But what I will say is this. Document the context behind decisions and not just the tasks to be done. The time will come, as it always does, when someone asks, why? Why do we do it that way? Who gave permission to do it that way? Those are questions that you'll want to know the answers to when a manager comes asking. Say you're using a Zendesk macro, which is a way for Zendesk to do some cool things on its own at the click of a button, um, and you notice that it's different than the last time you used it, wouldn't you want to know who had changed it and why? Knowing the why is always beneficial to team members because then they understand the intent behind the change, not that they have to do A, B, and C in that order because the manager said so. Um, my mother used to say, because I said so in my childhood and I hated it. I needed to feel included to get on board, right? So include your thought process behind changes and decisions to facilitate communication and inclusion amongst your team and with your manager. My favorite one is technology, and it's probably the most fun because <laughs> new tools come out all the time. For some, it can be overwhelming. For me, I trial everything, uh, and then I usually stick with what I have unless something is earth shattering and I need to get on that trip. I love the Google suite of products, so everyone knows Gmail, Google Docs, Calendar, Sheets, and Slides. 
But for anyone who's used Dropbox paper, you know it's a dream to use and way cooler than Google Docs. But some tools like that don't have a full suite of products, right? And if keeping a number of tools you use to a minimum is important to you, you know, you can tend to go with the full suite of things instead of one novel application for one thing. Tools like Evernote are really handy as a way to gather information from websites and save them for offline reading. You can also take notes and track to-dos in there and organize into files and so on. If you want a more streamlined to-do list application, there are things like Wonderlist, Todoist, or Dynalist. All three are very easy to use and they have really good mobile apps. We mentioned, or I think Camille's going to mention, that Slack is a tool for company communication. And one of the things that I do to consolidate email and notifications is to set up Gmail forwards into a Slack channel feed for myself. So Slack is like that, that company location, it's the water cooler, all of the moving and shaking are going, is going on in there. I also use it to pipe in all of my notifications into one place. So every time I get a GitHub notification, it goes to Slack and it auto archives in Gmail. Every time someone accepts a calendar invite, it goes to Slack and auto archives in Gmail. So I use Slack as my command center and Gmail as more of my archive. I'm also big on Chrome extensions. I have a ton of tabs open at a time. So I use a tool called Workona, W-O-R-K-O-N-A, to help me organize them. It allows you to save tabs and categories and reference them later so you can close them out and not lose them. I use that extension every single day for my work life, but also in my personal life. If you don't want to go that far, there are also ways to keep tabs under control. So Save My Tabs and The Great Suspender are two extensions that are helpful. Uh, Save My Tabs is, I'd say, like a Workona light while the Great Suspender will time out any tab that's not active to prevent Chrome from draining your laptop battery because we know it does. One trick that I find useful that others have been really surprised by, especially in the fast brain uh, presentation, is that I changed the background image of my MacBook. So I worked for a company that had a big org change and I was having a hard time remembering uh, who in engineering like was on which new team. So I saved the new org chart as an image and I made it my background image. So every time I saw it, it was just a subtle reminder of the new configuration and it expedited my learning of the changes. Back to process, because I'm a process nerd. I start and end every day with a few minutes of planning. I set out my goals for the day and I wrap up to prepare for the next day. So it helps me not feel overwhelmed in the morning when I'm sitting down to begin working. It gives me a plan and a purpose. And I actually also use a paper notebook. I have one with me at all times. So not only have studies shown that handwriting boosts retention because you're forced to only write down the important details and not verbatim typing, but it's also a great scratch pad. And I don't have like an iPad with a stylus, so I stick to pen and paper. Meetings, I would say, are important to get right. You don't want to be the reason a meeting goes around and around and 30 minutes over time because you weren't prepared. I recommend a shared agenda with your team members using Google Docs or Dropbox Paper that every meeting attendee has access to. So during the week, you can be adding uh, agenda items in real time and the context necessary for the people who are going to be in that meeting with you. And that also helps them prepare themselves, right? They might want to bring information that you've asked for during the meeting. And if you go ahead and put that on the agenda, they can bring it to you at the meeting instead of having to do it later. I probably think about these things more than a lot of people, thanks FastBrain, but even a few of them can help you stay organized and on top of what's expected from you at work or at home for that matter. At the end of the day, try things, experiment, find out what works for you and what doesn't. Keep what works, 
and toss out the rest. If you want to sign up for a ton of services like I do, create a throwaway email address for trial signups so you don't spam your real email address, right? Keep it simple while you experiment so you don't get overwhelmed. These tools in your toolkit are meant to help you if they aren't or they're stressing you out. They don't need to be in your toolkit no matter how well they work for someone else. As long as you can stay on top of your things and your team and manager know what's going on with you and what you're working on, that's what matters. So now you know some tools to develop your own personal workflow to manage customer communications and notifications across your tooling. Camille, can you go into team or company communication and tooling? Yeah, absolutely. I adhere to the philosophy that is purported by Gene Bliss. Gene Bliss is a customer experience, customer care, absolute guru. Um, we'll talk in the future about resources and a couple of her books are on the top of my list. But she believes that the customer team is there to foster alignment across all the functional areas of an organization to give the customers a great experience. When I run teams and when I do my own work, I'm always thinking about how can we foster alignment here? How can we provide visibility across the different functional areas to make sure our customers have a great experience, a smooth and fast experience? When I talk about functional areas, what I mean are the other teams in your company that aren't the customer team. That typically is sales, marketing, engineering, product, operations, administrative, finance, those are other teams. And you want to be able to put information in a place that they are going to obviously be able to find it. So there are a couple tools that I think are important to familiarize yourself with to be able to do that work of providing transparency, visibility into what's going on with our customers and with the customer facing team. The first one is Slack. Everybody's mentioned it already. It's the big kind of and trillion pound animal in the room. Most tech companies communicate using Slack. There are other corollary chat tools. I know there's HipChat and I think there's a chat functionality in Microsoft Teams as well, but Slack is the big, big, big one. And that is a bunch of different chats, WhatsApp or Viber or Messenger. It's that kind of concept, but usually with a group. Slack communication is happening all the time. Most of the areas you're communicating in are known as channels and they tend to be open channels. That is a great place to share information across teams. It's important when you start your new job or as you're getting settled in, understanding how different teams want to be addressed. Different teams will say, hey, if it's a message for sales, drop it in the sales channel or put an at mention. And the at mention looks like quite similar to how you would at mention someone in any of the other tools like a Twitter at symbol. And it'll be maybe at sales or at marketing if you want to get their attention. Brianne has some great tips for how to keep Slack from distracting you all day long because that's the challenge is to how to keep visibility into what's going on and share information without spending your whole day in Slack because believe me, some days you can. In addition to those chat tools, with Slack being the most popular, I know that Brianne also mentioned G Suite. And I think at this point, a lot of people may be familiar with Google Docs, but G Suite tends to be a business tool. And I, you may not have used all the other popular functionality. There is a spreadsheet capability. A lot of times if you're using a tool, you may need to export a spreadsheet and work with it there. And G Suite offers that. There's Calendar. Calendar is very important. You want to provide visibility. Usually in companies, people can see your calendar. They can see what's going on. People will put things on your calendar. You will put things on other people's calendar. 
it's a really powerful tool. It's also important to understand how the people you work with want to be engaged in meetings. Is it okay to just put something on their calendar? Do they have a particular link? There's a tool called Calendly, sometimes you can use for customer facing communication. Uh, there's other tools similar to Calendly where you send them a link and you say, if you'd like to set up a time to meet with me, use this Calendly link and it'll find open slots on your calendar and customers can book time with you. But in terms of fostering alignment, meetings are going to be an important part of that. Brianne had some great suggestions about how to make sure you're having productive meetings. The other thing that can make meetings productive is presentations. And G Suite has slides, Google Slides there. I live in slides personally. I like to tell stories and I think pictures are very helpful in telling those stories and a, a smooth slide deck where you can walk people through the high level information you want to convey to them is, is very helpful. So G Suite's extremely powerful. I've been at a lot of organizations that don't love it, but there's nothing that quite, quite comes close to all the functionality it provides. So familiarizing yourself with that. And I, I think you can familiarize yourself with all the tools that are available without having to be part of a company. You can just jump in and, and, and start clicking around and uh, from google.com. They provide that free to anyone with a Gmail address. The next category of tool that is important in terms of working cross-functionally is project management tools. So the most popular ones, uh, Nicole mentioned JIRA, it's J-I-R-A, and we'll link to all these on our website. Another popular one that's also owned by the same company is called Trello, it's a lot more lightweight. We use one here for Support Night School called Clubhouse and full disclosure, I used to work at Clubhouse and I am still a shareholder, but there's quite a few tools. There's another one called Asana, Monday. There's a, a ton of them, but the basic concept is that you have a chunk of work, you have somebody responsible for doing that work, and then you can have some communication about what's going on with that work. And that is oftentimes a way to communicate, not just internal to a team, but across different teams and provide high level visibility about how work is moving forward. So. That's another category of software to familiarize yourself with. And then finally, I think, or the acronym CRM was mentioned. That means customer relationship management. And that's a tool that you'll use to track information about customers and oftentimes potential customers. And they tend to be used most commonly by sales teams. And the big one that it's sort of the slack of CRMs is Salesforce. And the sales team are the people, if you have a sales team at your company, they're the people that tend to be bringing in the customers that you will later service. So you get high level visibility into those customers there. And the big win I found is finding ways to connect customer systems to sales systems. And Zendesk, the ticket tracking tool that we've talked about earlier has an integration there. And I think the better customer facing tools will integrate with Salesforce since it's such a powerful and widely used tool. But there are other ones, there's Pipedrive, HubSpot, uh, many others. But the idea you wanna get is that you want to find ways to stitch that information together. If you're jumping into a customer ticket, it helps to get context. Who is their salesperson? If they're asking something strange and they tend to be a new customer, their prospect who is their salesperson, who uh, cross-functionally should you be communicating with to make sure the customer has a speedy and pleasant experience? Who do you pull in if there is a problem with the customer? I think one of the most important things, and I'll close out here, but I think one of the most important things to giving customers a great experience is digging deep in, both internally in yourself, 
and also in your organization, is the answer already there before you have to turn around back to the customer and ask them another question? If the knowledge is in the organization, try and mine that knowledge first and go back to the customer with an informed touch, an informed next communication, rather than you know just being like, oh, well, I don't know where it is around here, so I'm going to ask the customer. Being the, the really the face of the company as a customer team, you really want to show that we talk to each other internally. And using these tools, and there's several others, I think gives you a good opportunity to make sure that you are checking all this, what we call systems of record to ensure that if the customer information is there, then we show the customer, we, we were listening when you told us this other thing. It, it can show in that answer and in the speed in which you can resolve their issue. So those are uh, my suggestions of tools to start to familiarize yourself with that are pretty common in the support space. Thank you, Camille. We're going to wrap up. So since you will likely be living in a help desk when you get a support job, for this episode, your homework is to sign up for a Zendesk, an intercom, or another help desk trial. They all have pretty great onboardings for the tool where they send you fake customer emails and communications that you can reply to. So go in there, take a look around at the application, and if there are any features or things where you don't know what they do, either just click around and go for it and figure it out, or go to their help center to learn. Spend some time, get familiar with it. Um, the two I mentioned are both major players in the online support space. Check out the homework and the show notes at supportnightschool.com. And on that note, class is dismissed. <laughs>